How many grew up on the show Home Improvement with Tim Allen? What time is it? Hey, that was weak, very weak, but you did it. Let's try it again, ready? What time is it? Hey, tool time. So, we gotta get ready. Y'all ready for soul improvement? I gotta get my vest on. Now, I noticed we had an event here last night, and I noticed that these are becoming an actual trend to literally wear as a fashion statement. So I think I'm gonna try it out. What do you think? No? Okay, thank you for being honest. That's what I love about this community. <laughs> we are real. But I'm ready for some soul improvement. What we're doing this summer, in the month of July, is we are in the middle of relaxation, restoration, because that's what the Lord does in the summer, man. It's amazing. The Lord just restores. As we are in the time, we're going into improve and reconstruction. And we're not going to do it physically. We're going to do it spiritually. Well, some of us are going to do it physically. You know, I want to get in better shape. I need to start taking care of myself a little better. But this series is all about what are you doing to build foundation that will last throughout. This is about your life. How are you building your home? How are you building some of you on relationships? How are you building that relationship to be strong? To soul improvement. That where you are improving what's on the inside. How many know what's on the inside matters? Right? If you don't have something going good on the inside, I don't care what you have on the outside, you won't be happy. I could give you all the money, all the fame, all the things that the world looks at. And you know, there are people out there that have it all and yet are miserable. Why? Because their soul isn't kept. Because their soul hasn't improved. Their physical body might have improved. Their physical realm might have improved. But if your soul's not taken care of, I can promise you, my friend, you will be miserable. So let's look into the Word of God today. I want to look at Proverbs chapter 24. We're going to start out with Proverbs 24, verse 3. And it says this, a house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and valuables. A house is built by wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Wisdom, a house is built. Now, wisdom takes intentionality of thought. Wisdom isn't just fluid, like flippantly doing life. Wisdom is taking what you know and understand to be true and putting it to practice. Right? Isn't that what wisdom is? Wisdom comes through many sorts and fashions. It comes through experience. Some of us have wisdom in the room because you've experienced a lot. That's why I lean into my spiritual fathers because I know they've been through places that I haven't yet. They've done things, raised children, are now living in what they built. And so I understand wisdom comes sometimes through experience. It comes from been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. And then there's other wisdom that we learn from others. It's when we glean from someone else's experience. It's when you hear about what I've been through and you glean, oh, that's what you did to, in order to get to where you are. It's where I, I lean into you when I'm going through something that I've never experienced before. And I say, hey, what did you do? We gain wisdom from these things. The other place we gain wisdom from is from the Lord. The Lord gives us wisdom. 
Now, I can't explain this physically, but I realize that when you are surrendered to the Lord, he gives you wisdom that's beyond your years. How many of you have ever experienced that when you're either performing your job or in a conversation with somebody and you don't know the answer, yet in the conversation you end up having the answer and all you can say is, it was the Holy Spirit. That's all I can attest to. I've been in there so many times where I'm, I'm counseling with someone and the situation is way beyond my experience. It's way beyond what I've talked through or studied. And so I'm like literally relying on Holy Spirit to give me words to encourage. Because I'm like, I have no idea what to tell you. Your life has fallen apart since shambles and I have no idea how to put it back together. How many of you ever had situations like that? I had it this week as we're talking with Mike and Nancy and Nancy's brother was just diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. They gave him 18 months to live. What do you do? A house is built on wisdom. And sometimes that wisdom is beyond you. And you might be in your, your, your life right now and you're like, I'm raising this kid, but it's beyond me. The Lord said, I want to give you wisdom. We see Solomon, and, and he was one of the greats in the Bible. But his story started out with a prayer for something that was beyond what he had. It was him that God asked him, what do you want? Anything in the world, I will give it to you. What do you want? And what did he pray for? Y'all know? Wisdom. He said, Lord, if you just give me wisdom. And the Lord blessed him with wisdom. He wrote most of Psalms and Songs of Solomon. Proverbs is all him. And the wisdom that flowed out of his life, kings and queens traveled from around the world just to get in the room with them. Was it because of his schooling? No. It was the Lord's wisdom that was on his life. And here's what I want to encourage you with. This is why I, I want to camp here. Because when we lean into our own understanding, we don't get far. You can only get your human realm. But if you lean on the Lord's wisdom, he will help you build something that is beyond your ability to build. How many want to do some soul improvement and gain his wisdom for your life? Come on, I want to gain some wisdom on how to father my children. I want to gain some wisdom for how to pastor this church. Do revival. I don't want to just pastor a church and just build it. We're a good church. We do some good in the community. And we're seeing lives change and baptized. I mean, I don't want to do that. I want to be able to pastor through the movement of God that I can't explain through physical. I'm just like, you've got to come see it. I can't, I can't explain it. People are getting healed. People are, miracles are happening. We're touching our community. The world is coming to help us support. How many know that it's already happening? Help us do impact. Like, you can't explain it. You've got to come see it. That's what I want to pass. So I need to lean into the wisdom of God. You need to lean into the wisdom of God to build your home. Because it's beyond you, my friend. It's beyond you to pastor. Or, or to pa yeah, to pastor. Because I believe we're all pastors in some way. There are people that, and pastor is, what, what is a pastor? It's, it's a leader of people, right? It's ones that shepherds those underneath their care. How many know that you all have influence in your life? And you have people that are looking to you for guidance. Whether they know it or not, whether you know it or not, there are people looking to you to lean in to say, what are you doing? How do I do life? Well, how do you keep it all together? Wisdom. 
is the foundational key. I'm not going to get through all this. All right. We're going to stretch this series out because I love it. How many are ready for some soul improvement this summer? Come on. In the middle of relaxation, in the middle of summer, summer vibes. Is that a thing? Summer vibes. We're going to gain some wisdom. We're going to gain some wisdom. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 4 says, for every house is built by someone. Everybody say it's, it's built by someone. It's built by someone. It's going to be built by someone. Your home is going to be built by someone. But check this out. He keeps going. He says, every house is built by someone. Either you, your earthly wisdom, someone else is building you. Or he says, but God is the builder of everything. So we're leaning into the great builder. Because he builds things that are perfect. He builds things that are according to his perfect will for our life. So week one, are you ready? We're going to dive into our dream home. So everybody write it down in your notes. Come on, say, building my dream home. Building my dream home. Now sometimes we watch HDTV a little too much and we start to get these ideas of what a dream home is. I love Chip and, is it Chip and Joanne, I can never think of her name. I always want to say Gaines first, you know. Chip and Joanne are my favorite. I love them even though I don't know her name. But I love them so much. I love watching those home improvements because they always take something that is a little bit shabby. And at first you're like, what are they going to do with that? And then they just flip it. And you're like, oh my word, I want to live there. You know? It's like crazy. And he's like blasting through walls. And she's like, oh Chip, you're so funny. And then they make this masterpiece. And this is what I believe the Lord's going to do in a series as we dive in. And even today, we're going to look and see how do we live life vision versus what we see, visible. Living a life that's building a dream home instead of settling for just making it good enough. How many want to live in your dream home? Come on. How many want your life to be your dream? What, what you have in mind of like, man, if... If I could just, that would be amazing. If I could just live like this. If I could just be this type of person. Be this type of leader. Be this type of father. Be this type of mother. Be this type of spouse. Man, that would be amazing. And that's what I believe the Lord wants to do in your life. He wants to build us. But we got to design the inner home of our dreams. It's, it's built by someone. And so we have to realize that we are building something. But God is building everything. And so if we lean into him... He helps us build. So we're designing the inner, inner parts of our lives so we can make the dream home. When it comes to your soul, construction isn't passive. <laughs> can I remind you of that? When it comes to your soul, construction is not passive. You can't just float through life and hope things get built. You can't float through life and hope wisdom happens to you. Well, the Lord will just take care of me. Well, the Lord will lead and guide me. No, that's passive, my friend. The Lord moves on mo motion. Say, oh, I'm just going to wait on the Lord. I, I dare to say, I look through the Bible, I've looked through all the stories, and I don't see anybody who just sits on their keister and waits on the Lord, and then something happens in their life. I always see an obedience, a stepping, a motion that the Lord says, oh, you're moving? Bam! There's my spirit. There's my power. Right? It was something that shifts in the atmosphere when we move. And so construction on your life is not passive. You have to intentionally build. How many are ready to intentionally build 
our souls. It's the stuff that matters. I think of the scripture of the man who built his house on sand and the man who built his house on rock. The difference isn't when the season is good and nice. And this is why it's so important that we build to last is because how many know storms are inevitable for our lives? Anybody? You, you know that? I just want to remind you, you will face storms. I'm not going to preach to you a, a false gospel that when you come to the Lord, everything's going to be perfect. It's not. It's not. Why? Because we live in a flawed world. It's not because the Lord is confused. It's because we live in a broken down world. We live in a world of cancer. We live in a world of disease. We live in a world of sin. And so until we get to heaven, it's not going to be perfect, my friend. We are going to face storms. And this is why it's so important that we build intentionally, that we take construction for our souls, that we're built on a rock so that when the storm happens, that when the storm happens, we can stand our ground. Our home is built on the solid rock. We have a dream home, a dream life where we last. We last through the season. We last through the sickness. We last through the financial hardships. We last through those moments where relationships are falling apart all around us. We, la we last through neglect. We last through abuse. We last through. We last. It's not that we don't face storms, but it's that we're built on a rock. So point number one, we have to do the interior work to build for exterior growth. Write that down. We have to intentionally Build interior work for exterior growth. You have to do the internal stuff. You have to build your inner world first. Your mind, your soul, is the only way then for you to build your vision for your life and home outside. Now think about it like this. When we focus on the outside first. It's like false life. <laughs> we can look the part. Oh, look, I have grass. It's oxygen. It's life. Green. Brings life to my home. Oxygen to my lungs. But it's fake. It's so fake. And so when we, when we focus on the exterior first, I got to put it all together. I got to focus on my outward appearance. I got to focus on how I, whatever. And you even bring it into the church, right? Well, I got to get the right Bible, and I got to worship a certain way, and I got to talk a certain way when I'm around my church friends. I mean, it's just all the stuff that we're like, it's fake. It's fake because it's exterior stuff. It's the design. It looks good. It looks ple aesthetically pleasing. Look at how alive that table looks now because of the, the grass. It's so funny. But some of us, we, we do, we focus on this. We're like, well, if our job's in place, if our kids are obeying, all these things that we, we focus on is the exterior stuff. Well, if I, I look a certain part, I lead a certain way, three steps to leadership, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to really go after it without building our soul first. It's fake. And what happens is in the middle of the storm, this isn't going to give us life. When it's desert all around and we go through valleys and it's dry, I've been there. Where you don't feel the spirit of God, you don't hear him speaking, you're reading your word, you're getting nothing. You're like, what the jazz is this season, Lord? How many have ever been there? 
I'll be real. I, I went through that. I've been there where I'm like, Lord, I need to hear you, and I can't. And it's what you build upon that you glean from in the middle of those seasons. It's what you've already built that sustains you through the dry periods. And if all we have is exterior, you're trying to glean something out of this false reality of strength, this false peace, this false joy. And it looked good when the sun was shining and everything was going fine. It's great. It looks awesome. Looks aesthetically pleasing. But if you don't have a rock, and that's why, man, in Philly there's a lot of building going on. And the first thing you'll always see is them laying a foundation. They always dig down before they build up. You realize that? Oh, there's a hole in the ground before there's walls and elevator shafts and all the stuff on top. All the cool architecture. We got the coolest architecture in Philadelphia. It's so cool. There's this one building right now on, I think it's Girard. No, it's Spring Garden. And it's got these really cool, like, posts coming up. And I think it's called, uh, I don't even know what it's called, actually. It's called The Noble. Ooh, The Noble. Shout out to The Noble. I don't know why I'm giving you a shout out, but hey. It's a cool building. Very, very cool structure. But before that goes up, before you build your outside, before you build your exterior, guess what? You have to build down first. You need a foundation. And this is vision work. This is vision work. This is living your life through the filter of what I want to build someday. I have to build this first. This is vision versus visible. See, the visible is like what's, what's convenient right now. Well, that's convenient. Well, it's easy. Well, it's microwavable. Well, it's, it's, it's our life quick, quick shortcuts around. And yet the Lord wants to build you in a way that you'll last. And so we have to do the, the hard work first, the foundational work. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, he says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows springs of life. This is Solomon, actually. The man who gained the wisdom is now saying, hey, over all things that I've gained. He was king. He had so many riches. People started pouring out wealth on him. He was the wealthiest man alive. And yet, through all of that, he said the number one thing to guard is not your bank account. The number one thing to guard is not all your possessions. The number one thing to guard is not your family. The number one thing to guard is not even your life. He said the number one thing to put all your attention to. In fact, the word that he uses here, the, uh, guard with diligence, is literally to guard above all other guardings. <laughs> in, in other words, put all your attention over this first and then everything else will flow. He says, Watch over your heart with all diligence. Do some soul work first. This goes along with what happened this morning. Is when we come to the Lord in repentance and say, Lord, search me. What are we doing? We're digging down. We're going deep. Because we're making foundational things happen. There will be a structure for what the Lord wants to build on top for everybody else to see. The public success that you see today is from the private practice of its presence that you didn't see. The miracle that you're seeing walk before you today is from the hidden moments that you never saw. The marriage 
that has been built on a solid rock that you see today was built on the moments that were hard, the foundational work that you never saw. All the successes that you see, that the Lord is moving on that, never just happens. It all comes from those private practice, that construction that's not passive. The saying, God, build me. Let me build a foundation. Because on that foundation, the solid rock, God can build something beautiful for the world to see. But some of you want to build what for the world to see first. Well, Lord, just pour it out. I'm here. Let's do it. Let's put that grass down. It's life. I read about you on streams of life, Lord. Look at my life. And he said, that's, that's false. That's false life. That's false joy. It's false peace. Don't give in to it. Construction is not passive. Internal work is not passive stuff. We have to intentionally build with something in mind, with a goal in mind. You say, I want to build a big old home. I want to build a big old family. I want to build a big old business that's doing things for God. Let me tell you, my friend, you need foundation first. Solomon said it. Guard your heart. Above all the other things you guard, above all the other things you put your attention to, aren't we really good at putting our attention to everything under the sun? The silliest things. The other day I was like uh, doing my work and all of a sudden, all of a sudden rabbit trail. Ever you get those emails and you're like, oh, let me just check that for a second. All of a sudden you're on pages and pages of Amazon and now you're going down the, the path of all this study on what this product is. And you're like, what am I doing? I, I was being very, you know, I'm being very intentional with my day and all of a sudden now I'm on this rabbit trail. We can put our attention to so many different things, but it takes intentionality to say, Lord, I want to I focus on what you're building in me. I want to focus on the things that need to be put in place. Soul work doesn't always look like improvement, too. Can I encourage you with that? When you're building your soul and you're building foundation, when we look at these buildings being built and you only see the foundation laid, how many are like, all right, when are we going to start? Right? It's about time. Come on. But they have to get that right in order for the structure to stand. And sometimes soul improvement does not look like improvement. No one sees the grass on top yet. And, and it's like, what, what is happening? But, but soul improvement is so important because it's crucial foundation. And when we build in Christ, we're building something that is unshakable. you and just challenge you today do you have time set apart for the Lord to build you and I'm not talking about just fitting him into your agenda I'm talking about carved out time I'm challenging myself in this carved out time to say Lord this is your time uninterrupted uninterrupted time where I'm going to spend in your presence I'm going to read your word and I'm going to have you speak to me and I'm not doing 50 other things while worshiping back. I, I, those things are amazing. Those moments are incredible. I, God can move on those moments. I've had it happen. Where I'm doing something else, worship's going on in the back, and all of a sudden I'm like, hey, God, you're here. I love you. But the most precious times where he builds is the times that we carve out and say, Lord, this moment is yours. I, I'm tithing this time to you to move on, to build me, to do something that I can't do while I'm focused on other things. Having a set time to build your spirit man, the heart. When you guard the heart, you're diligent about what you're building. All right.
point number two, making decisions based on foundational principles instead of fickle feelings. Can we talk about this just for a second? I'm passionate about this because I am a feeler. How many feelers do we have in the building where you just feel everything hurts? Cry over Hallmark commercials and weird stuff. We were watching a movie the other night and it got to the climax of the movie and I'm literally tears running down my cheek. I look over, Ashley's like, that was good. You didn't, you didn't feel that? It's amazing. I felt the team fail. It was so good. I'm a feeler. I'm a feeler. And so this is huge for me because sometimes I can base things on the feeling. Oh, that feels so, oh, goosebumps. It's the spirit. We should move on it. Come on. Anybody else? Don't leave me alone up here. I feel, I feel, I feel naked right now. Just being transparent, I can live my life in fickle feelings. Ooh, that felt good. Okay, Lord, let's do it. Oh, ooh, there's a feeling. Yes, yes, let's do it. Instead of the foundational principles. Now, let me, let me break this down. There are principles that are in motion whether you're part of them or not. Okay? Just because, uh, let me break it down like this. Because some, somebody told me this when we were first getting married and all this stuff. And we had a background of, of generosity. A lot of you know that. Like our, our family just grew up being very generous and all this stuff. But they told me this. They said this. The principle of God is in motion. And the principle of God of blessing is moving constantly. It's flowing. And if you step inside of it, you gain the benefits of that blessing. If you don't, you'll always be an outside ongoer, onlooker, right? And that'll, that's where you'll stay until you get into the principles. What you have to realize is that there are principles of God in motion that he has in his word, that he's spoken, you know. And one of those is, is for finances. He said, test me in this, right? It's a principle in motion. He said, if you you know, tithe, give a 10% of me, I will pour out blessings on your life. Now, until you do that, you don't know. You've never experienced it. But when you step into it, when you test God, you say, all right, God, I'm going to give you the first, the first fruits, not the leftovers, the first fruits of my time, my talent, and my treasure. When you do that, then you step into, whoop, the principle in motion. Woo! And now you feel the blessing. Now you feel the favor. And you can't explain it because out here looking on it doesn't look like it works, right? I can't even pay my bills without giving to God. Like, how is that going to work? You know, on paper, it doesn't make sense. But when you step into the principle and all of a sudden, woo, all right, okay, now I get it. Because I'm in the principle of God. There are foundational principles in God's word that if you step into them, you gain the benefits and blessing that's on that principle. And if you base your life on feeling, you'll go up, you'll go down, you'll go all around, you'll go up, you'll go down, you'll go all around. But if you base your life on foundational principles, you make decisions based on what God is doing. That's where the scripture comes in. Many plans in a man's heart. Oh, we're all over the place. Oh, I got this idea and this idea. God, I feel this and want to do this and all this stuff. And the Lord has a foundational principle going on with life. He says, if you step into this, you will gain the benefits of this principle in motion. It's a God, it's a life built on God's principles, reap the blessing of living a life in Christ. But we have to create pause in our decision making. Now, all throughout our marriage and our building our family and all stuff, me and Ashley, we sat down at the beginning. And actually, we were talking about this in, in couples group this week. I'm so excited. We're talking about building foundational work and being intentional about dreaming together in a relationship. But we did this all throughout our marriage and all throughout building our home and all stuff. We decided 
What were the principles of God that we wanted alive in our home? And we're going to make every decision based on this. This is vision, what I want to build, versus visible, what's here and now, what feels good in the moment. This is like we have to make decisions based on what we do. This directed our giving. This directed the way we raised our kids. Every decision that we needed to make for them. How many know kids have agendas? Lots of them. Especially my daughter, Anae. She's got plans on plans on plans on plans. She is my, my wife's daughter, okay? She comes, she's like, Dad, I have a play date Friday at 3. And um, I need to meet this person. And by the way, they're sleeping over. And in the morning, you have to take them to their soccer practice. It's at 9.30. I'm like, oh, thank you, secretary. You know, it's like, it's like she is just on point. And if, if you don't intentionally build, this is why it's not passive. Because if you don't intentionally set in your home, this is what we stand on. In fact, the Israelites even had a saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Why did they have to say that? Because every other nation was not serving the Lord. And so their kids would go out and play with all the other kids. And they would be coming home. Why can't we? Well, they're doing it. Well, they're watching this movie. Well, they're doing blah, 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 blah. And I know, I did it too to my family. I did it to my parents all the time. I came home and I'm like, it's not fair. In my family, we couldn't even watch PG movies growing up. That's how sheltered we were growing up. And I remember coming to my parents again and again and again. They can do it. Why can't I? And if you're not based on foundational things, say, no, this is what we're building. It'll run you ragged. You'll be all over the place. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's not that bad. And uh, it's not whatever. And you need to know, as for me and my house, that's what the Israelites said. As for me and my house, no, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, this is what we stand on. You have the core things a part of your life. Who are you? Are you a man of God? Are you a woman of God? Well, then guess what? The Lord calls you holy, which is set apart. There are some places you can't go. There are some things you can't consume. There are some things you shouldn't be snorting because you're a child of God. There are some situations you shouldn't get into. Why? Because he's a mean God? No. Because there's a principle of blessing for his children. And when you get in it, when you obey him, you get into the life of blessing and favor. And you don't understand it until you're in it. Well, once you're in it, you won't settle for anything less. You know, I see have conversations all the time. It's like, oh, we look like mean parents right now because everybody else can do it, but we can't. I said, but time and time again, we sit down with our kids. How are you doing? How's your heart? Da, 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 just having these conversations to bring us all back to center. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Da, da, da. Every time. I love our home. I love our family. Do you think that comes from just passive, just Oh, it was just a holocaust, so we're fine. Absolutely not. It is soul work on the daily. It is us saying, what are we building, and we're going to stick to it. We're not veering off the path. We are building our dream home. I am building something that will last through storms. That when COVID took over, guess what? My house wasn't shaken to its core. We didn't live in fear. Why? Because we stayed on the foundation that God had already helped us build. And I'm not saying that arrogantly. I'm just saying you can do it too. It's soul improvement. It's building your dream home intentionally. 
to say, what am I building now so that no matter what come, come what may, I don't know what song that's from, Moulin Rouge, I think. Come what may, I will love you. No, that's not the right thing, but you know what I'm saying. Come what may, your life is built on the solid rock. Philippians says it like this. Philippians 4, verse number 6 says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. <laughs> what a thought. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. How many want your worries shaped into the purposes of God? Come on. When something hits the fan and all of a sudden you're like, dear God, how am I going to face this? He says, don't worry. Don't get all anxious about it. Instead, bring it to God. Don't be fake. No one, no one likes a fake Christian, all right? Leave your fake at the door. Come in and be real. Man, bring it to God and say, God, I don't understand this. In fact, I want to doubt you right now. In fact, I'm mad at you right now. Did you know that's okay to say? Because our God is the God of the process. It's okay to come to God and say, I don't understand right now. And what happens in that space where we say, Lord, I trust you even though he shapes our worries into prayers to pray. Into declarations to declare over our homes. Where does that come from? Foundation. Foundational things. He said, let them shape. Let them shape. This is the message translation, by the way. It's so stinking good. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good. I need to be done. All right. Last point. Celebrate the progress to motivate the process. You have to celebrate the progress. You got to celebrate, hey, I've been, I've been diligent about my walk with God. I've been diligent about making sure he's first. We've been set our eyes and focus on building our dream home. We got to celebrate. Man, my wife is so good at this. She's so good at celebrating. Celebrates everything. The night we went to the Chinese Lantern Festival to celebrate Leticia, her third year anniversary being in America. How crazy is that? Come on. Building her life. Doing her thing. She's a boss. But we celebrate the progress. Why? Because she's not done yet. It's not to celebrate and say, oh, Leticia, you're done. Finish. Finito. Go back to Brazil. You're done. No, she's got a long way to go. She's building a business. She's building a home. Now she's building a life. She's building a relationship. The journey's not over. But we're going to celebrate the progress to motivate the process. Because when you celebrate where you come from, you can push on to where you're going. And you have to remind your home, remind yourself, hey, look how far we've come. Is it your dream home yet? No. It might not be. It might not be your dream relationship. But can you celebrate the fact that you haven't fought in a whole week? <laughs> Some of you can, you, can you celebrate the fact that you haven't fought in one day? Do it! Celebrate it! Get some sparkling grape juice. That's me and Ashley's favorite thing. Chocolate covered uh, pretzels and sparkling grape juice. We rock up. It's the, it's the mini celebration. Okay, it's the mini. We 
do other things that go out and go extravagant. But if you want to just do a mini celebration, I'll come home with some chocolate-covered pretzels and sparkling grape juice, and we'll just pour some glass. And we'll be like, all right, girl, let's cheers to a celebration. We just made it through an incredible day. It was crazy. In fact, we just had one of those yesterday. It was wild. Our van got stolen. The fire alarms are going off in here. There's an event going on. Firemen show up with their hatchets and ready to tear down the place on fire. And I'm like, what is happening? It's crazy. And the other night, what did we do? Celebrate. Hey. You know what we did? We stayed strong to the course. We didn't get in. In fact, we could even laugh at it at the end of the night. We didn't come out and say, oh, God, Lord. Life is crazy. Why did you do it? No, we celebrate the progress. We can look through because why? We know what we're building. Let me encourage you. Do you know what you're building? Do you know the life that you want? What God has designed for you? If you haven't leaned into him, then you might not know that yet. But let me encourage you and challenge you to get with the king. Get with him. Because I can't tell you what your destiny is. I can't tell you who you are. I can try and I can prophesy. I can listen to the Holy Spirit and try to speak those words over you. But the only one that can truly tell you your identity, who you are as a man, a woman of God, the only one who can lay out the path for you and say, child, this is where you're going to succeed. Child, if you'll just stay here, I'll build you. Child, this is the place of growth. If you will lean into that, he will shape you. He will build you. He will build a foundation for you. And this is what happens. When storms of life happen, oh, I forgot my pencil. See, I would have looked so much more construction. I can never keep it on my ear, though. Those guys are so cool how they do that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I didn't need it. What happens is when we base our life on external growth, when the seasons of life happen, ah, there goes our foundation. But when you tie yourself, this is vision versus visible. When you say, you know what, this is what I want in my life. And come rain, come snow, come sleet, come all the stuff of life. If I tie myself to the foundation of Christ, what I know is the solid rock, then no matter what happens, I am steadfast to the solid rock. I can stand my ground. I can build on something that's key. And every situation tries to pull you off. No, you know where you're headed. I'm building something that's going to. Oh, but that looks like a good opportunity. More money is a better position. Come on. Oh, th that woman gets me. I know I'm in a relationship, but she gets me. She actually listens to me. I mean, I share with her the struggles I have with my wife. She listens. She cares. Whenever that happens, you've got a solid rock to look at. I'm building something to last. I will not give in to what looks good. I will not give in to the visible because I'm building something that's full of vision. Come on, somebody in the room. If you're building something that you want to last, you got to keep your eyes focused on the prize. Paul said, there's a lot of things that I can do. In fact, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. I can do it all, but there are only certain things that make me build something that lasts. There's only things that are, are a part of the kingdom of God that keep me grounded so that when the storms of life come, I stand my ground. And when I build, I build on something that lasts. Come on, somebody in the room. God wants to build you. And today, he wants you to focus on 
that dream that he has for your life, that vision he wants for your home. You're not done yet building that family. You're not done yet building that business. You're not done. It's in the works. But God builds everything. Philippians 4, I, I close with this. Philippians 4, verse 4, be cheerful with joyful celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow and let gentleness be seen in every relationship for the Lord is ever near. Three things I want to point out. Number one, it's a decision to be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. This is a decision you make to say, you know what? Storms of life are blowing. Ah, I feel, I feel so weary. Ah, but I decide, look at where I'm headed. I'm building something that'll last, so I'm going to celebrate the progress. I made it closer. I was here, and now I'm here. You choose. Celebration's a choice. I don't care what you say. Celebration is a choice to say, God, I'm grateful for where I am. You can complain till you're blue in the face. I can't stand being around people who complain. It is, oh, it's a thorn in my flesh. You start complaining, oh, well, 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 my life, blah, blah. you always got to complain. I'm like, good God, can you look at anything good in your life? Can you praise the Lord for something? You're breathing. You're here with me. You're talking. Which makes you 90%, right? If you live in America, you're part of the 90% of the most rich people in the world. You don't make enough money. I'm sorry. Your perspective's off. There's something to celebrate. Because you once were far away. And you've moved closer to God. And so you choose to celebrate. The second thing is this. He said, and let gentleness be seen in every relationship. This is crucial. Because when you are in the Lord and you start to celebrate, then what, what is in God's character becomes a part of your everyday encounter with people. And so when you choose to celebrate, then you choose the, the attributes of God. And the third thing is this. The Lord is ever near. Now, this is easy said in church. Very easy. But when life hits, it is so hard to feel His presence in the middle of that storm. But what we do is we choose God. I was three steps back. And God, you brought me to here. And so I celebrate what you did. And in the middle of this, I'm going to give what you gave. I'm going to be gentle and loving to those around me. Even though I don't feel like it, I'm going to choose to love like you love. And in the middle of that, the Lord is near you. Do you know what the Lord does? He sustains and he builds and he pushes and propels you towards your goal. I don't know if y'all get it, because you'd be more, way more excited. Because this means it's not on you. This means it's not all on you to build your home. Some of you, you're so overwhelmed by that thought. Oh my word, build my home? Oh, you have no idea the mess I've been inherited. You have no idea what I've walked into. And so much can I encourage you as you build with the Lord. God builds everything. And all you do is you become a partner with God. As you build your relationships, you become a partner with God. As he builds, you're like, yeah, God, that's right. I'm just going to keep being obedient to what you're doing because you're building. 
I'm just here for the ride. I'm here to obey. I'm here to surrender. I'm here to be obedient to what you want to do. And when I'm obedient to you, you come in and you're near in that moment. And you're my strength. And you're my joy. Come on, somebody needs some joy in this room. We can celebrate the fact that God is that joy in that moment of weariness. Come on, we can celebrate the fact that when life's falling apart, we stand on the solid rock. What I want to do today is come before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Maybe God has called you to build something and you don't feel like you have enough in you. Well, guess what? Today at this altar, God's going to fill you and restore that strength. Maybe some of you are facing something that's new. It's, un, it's outside of your ability to face it. And the Lord says, I want to be near you today. So as we worship, come on, can you come before him? Let's just surrender our lives to him. You want to come to this altar? Come stand here. Come on, come stand here and surrender to God. Say, God, I give you everything. I choose today to celebrate. I choose today to take a step forward. I choose today to make you near. And it's in that praise. It's in that surrender. It's in that ability to say, God, I see you. I see what you're doing. I don't see the full outcome, but I see the movement. I see what you've done. And so I'm standing on that. If that's you, come on. Come on, make your move down to this altar. I love tech. It's amazing. But God can move in the midst of it. You don't need music. Come on, this is our silent surrender to him. Say, Lord, I give you everything. I give you my inability. I give you my inadequacy. I give you the things I can't see. I give you my, my, my weariness and my weakness and the doubt and the things that I, I come against you with. Lord, today I surrender all of it because you're building something. You're building something to last. You're building something to last, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, can we just choose to praise him? I don't know what you've been through, but can you look at the goodness of God and start to thank Him for the progress? Start to thank Him for what He's done. Start to thank Him for the steps that you've taken already. Come on, just even you being at this altar is a step. Come on, because you're stepping into surrender. This is the greatest position you can be in for God to pour out His blessing. This is the principle in motion. And the more you do it, the more you surrender, the more you light up in the presence of God. Is the moment that he builds you stronger and makes you more in tune with his presence. And revival can come to your home. Revival can come to your heart. Revival can come to your finances. Revival can come to your kids. Revival can come to your marriage. Revival can come to your family. Come on, Lord, that's what we want. That's what we want.